As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Proud member of Sports Drink Network. It's July 18, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. outpost, and Nick joins me from the Houston outpost. We find ourselves on the threshold of almost real football with training camp starting this Wednesday for the Steelers. And as it seems to happen every year, just as the door is opening, we get stories of individual surprises, exploits, and not a few missteps. So we have a lot to digest today. And let's start with one of the newest Steelers, Dwayne Haskins. Oh, Dewey Haskins. I feel like it's our responsibility as lovers of football to shout out the Pat McAfee show, uh, 2.0, the podcast, for all the great nicknames they give us, whether it's Bob Spokane or my personal favorite, Dewey Haskins. Because Dewey got himself into trouble again. So what's the case here, Dad? Dwayne Haskins, his wife faces a domestic violence charge for hitting Dwayne Haskins in the face. They got into some sort of altercation. Haskins did not hit her back or anything like that, but allegedly she knocked out one of his teeth, which he quickly took to Twitter to dispel that rumor. He has all of his teeth, which is good because, Dad, you know I have two rules. If you're going to be my quarterback, number one, you can never, ever be hit in your own head with your own helmet. If you get hit in the head with your own helmet, you can't be my quarterback. And number two, if you're going to be without a tooth, it has to be with at least two gone because I think Terry had about four or five missing there in the middle there. So Haskins still on the running. Yeah, well, you know, he took a step forward in that Browns game in the final week of last year. But, you know, the helmet thing is going to take a few more touchdown passes to overcome. But, okay, here's the story here. Haskins is in trouble again. And, look, I know you could say, oh, it's his his wife or his girlfriend. I don't know if they were married and they got divorced and they got remarried or they're renewing their vows or something like that. They're, like, 24 years old. I don't know how they're, you know, divorcee, remarries at this point already. But... I think the bottom line here is this. People who did not follow Haskins' career closely in Washington, welcome to the party, okay? I think there's a lot of Steelers fans who are sometimes a little over overzealous about the prospect of Dwayne Haskins because they really don't know anything about him except for that he's a top 20 first-round pick and he had a phenomenal year at Ohio State. Those two details are definitely valuable. 
particularly considering the fact that the Steelers got him for dirt cheap. So, yeah, take a flyer on a guy like that. Has it ever worked out for the Steelers? Not really. It hasn't worked out before, but, you know, it's only going to work out every once in a while. So I like the flyer, but you just got to realize this guy is always in some kind of trouble and it always comes when things start going well for him whether it's the selfie and with the crowd after his first nfl touchdown in a losing effort where he was so busy taking a picture with the fan in the crowd that he missed the extra point literally never seen that in my entire life and that includes diva wide receivers who are more uh, into that type of behavior whether it's you know even when he he um made some comments recently about the it not working out for either side in Washington. Like, What do you mean? It, it was you. Just admit it was you and move on. You have your whole damn life ahead of you. You can't even take responsibility for that. That's a little bit alarming. And now he's in the news once again. And I was scared a little bit after our podcast last week. I felt like I don't want to dig into the, you know, any player's legal cases or, or things like that. Um, but I know that we said – with Roethlisberger early in his career, there were a lot of issues with the way uh, there were a lot of issues that went along. But I think even the Rooney's might have made this point, and we definitely said it's like you just have to stop being a guy who's in bars with college people. Like you're an NFL quarterback now, you got to find a way to not be around the trouble. And I feel like Dwayne Haskins is always around the trouble. I'm surprised that he's married this early, and one could. Say that he's trying to avoid the problems, right? He got married, and that's one of the things that it should do for a young fella. What's funny to me is, first of all, his wife's name is either Calabria Haskins Gundrazic or Calabria Gundrazic Haskins, depending on which story you, you read, which also which tells you let's wait a while before the, hear the whole story. Right. But apparently, the dispute started when. Calabria and her friends were going to, they were in Vegas for this wedding, and they were going to the Magic Mike show, and Dwayne and his friends were going to a club, and somehow somebody didn't wait for somebody, anger ensued, and there was the altercation. I still need to know who made the phone call to the police. Couldn't have been Dwayne. I kind of assumed that this was in public, and somebody saw it, and, and the police were called. Yeah, and they're young. Like, I don't have a problem with them being in Vegas for a weekend in the off season or anything like that. I'm not saying he needs to become a monk, but I just need – I just have to say, like, where there's smoke, there's fire. And as Steelers fans, we should recognize this. We're going to talk a little bit about Martavis Bryant later in the program here. We're going to talk about A.B., you know? Actually, we don't need to. You guys know, like – It just seems like, oh, why do these things always follow these guys around? Well, it's not really following you around. And I'm not saying that he still doesn't have the chance to mature. He's still very young. And like we said before, I mean, this is his girlfriend who hit him. And like you were pointing out, we do not have nearly enough details to be making a judgment on this. So I don't mean to bury Dwayne Haskins. Still has plenty of time to mature as a person and as a football player. But I do want to make that point to like, let's slow our roll with him because clearly he's not that far removed from the drama that defined his time in Washington. What's really, you know, what's interesting to me is that this woman, his wife played basketball at Michigan State. His wife's sister, his sister-in-law had, was actually a star there. She holds the girls' high school scoring record in Michigan with 72 points. The sister-in-law? They, or the, the sister-in-law. They oh. both played... The sister-in-law was the better of the two. 
Oh wow! But it also makes you think like these these are discipline. I mean, this the sister in law is in the WNBA. She was picked fourth, I think. So they're you know just because you're a high level Division One athlete, right? Doesn't mean you don't have some issues, but it's you, they, you do have to have some discipline. Well, well, I think that's the thing about a great athlete is like you're also probably a renegade, you know, and it's and it's can you harness that um, energy that you have? And and yeah, it seems like some athletes do struggle with that. And maybe that is the difference between getting into the WNBA and not. Obviously, that's that's a massive leap for me to make. I don't know anything about them, but you're right. It's like, oh, you're you guys are really successful athletes. You think you'd be a little bit more buttoned up here, but then again, maybe part of what makes you a really successful athlete is you know being having a little bit of a screw loose. I don't, I don't mean. I to, think that yeah. I think that in football with some positions like we talk about with, right. with Devin Hockey. Bush, I think it contact sports. I, I think these days, yeah, I think these days basketball players, you know, they don't have, they don't have time for, for know, shenanigans. Though. I don't know. They, no, maybe that's it's, the major trash talking sport too. You know, you're there, no helmets. You're talking to each other the whole time. I think that there's still renegades in that sport as well. Well, let's, we could agree to just, <laughs> I don't know. I just sort of, I, I think, you know, gotcha. uh, Division One <laughs> high-level basketball. Those guys are too busy. I mean, maybe they, they trash talk. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like getting ex- getting into trouble in their extracurriculars. I don't hear too much of that in, in college relative to how many. Well, people we don't are really it. follow it either. So, but they're not, but they're not story. Look, you, I rely on you. You are at the fire hydrant every day checking for stories. I'm sure if there was a big blow up, it, you would have seen something. Yeah, yeah. It does seem like there's more high profile football incidents now granted there's a hundred times more football players than there are basketball players who are just active you have subtract the offensive lineman (laughs) except for that guy from the seahawks except for that guy right yeah but um all right i think we've taken a deviation uh, well i was going to segue it a little bit into the fact that you do hear these football stories at this time of the year when people are getting in their last hurrahs they're going to vegas again I don't have a problem with Haskins going to Vegas. Like I'm saying, yeah, he needs to really button it up. But there is a world that exists when you can be 24 or however old he is. Go to Vegas with the crew who's going to, you know, get your back. Like if these are your friends. Make sure you don't get in trouble. Go for a couple of days, then button back down and get ready for an unbelievably long football season. So I don't have a problem with that. It's just uh, this is the time of the year when people start getting in trouble. A lot of times there's alcohol involved in these things because people are partying before they have to go into the submarine for a year or whatever it happens to be. Ironically, he got in trouble not on the strip, but with his wife in Vegas. (laughs) Let's go to our sponsor. Spotify Green Room, everybody. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform that is free to download and easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties. It's perfect for complaining. It's perfect for celebrating. And it's perfect for talking smack. React to breaking news. Hit up them post-game breakdowns, maybe getting into a a friendly debate. And best of all, it's all sports all the time, so you don't have to learn anything. But we can just do what we do best, talk about sports and watch sports. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. 
All right, everybody. We had such optimism going into the season, but now it's time to write it off and maybe even default to one of the other three quarterbacks we have on the roster because football has figured out Ben. Ben has a major tell with his stance. I'm sure you guys have all heard the story already. Basically, long story short, based on what Ben's left foot and his stance are doing pre-snap, you can tell 90% of the time that foot will tell you if the play is a run or a pass. And I am here to tell you that if the national media and the national conglomerate of human beings in the United States and other territories were listening to the Steelers Outpost podcast, you would realize that this doesn't matter at all. Ben Roethlisberger told the plays to the Ravens last year at the line of scrimmage and still let them up and beat the team. It does not matter if you know what Ben Roethlisberger is doing. The cigarette will be flicked from his mouth and he will throw piss missiles in between defenders on your defense for touchdowns. This is only adding to the glorious legend of Ben Roethlisberger, who has a new diet, he has a new outlook on life, but it's the same Ben in terms of like, yeah, I just kind of get out there and throw touchdowns. Only God knows how many Super Bowls the Steelers would have won if this guy had ever practiced or eaten a salad until this day and age. But then we would have missed out on the glorious improvisational artistic story that is Ben Roethlisberger. So I love it. The, the tell, it is hilarious. Uh, now look, just to take this to a semi-serious note for a second, this tell has been there since like his rookie year. He's been doing this forever. So it it legitimately does not matter. I think that's the end of the story right there. It's an 18-year career. That is a mat more than enough sample size with three Super Bowls, more 500-yard passing games than any other quarterback in history and countless other records and achievements. And I think the reason why it doesn't matter is because it does the foot action does happen so near to the snap of the ball that it's actually tough for the defenders to pick up on it because they have to be looking at other offensive players. Also, you might not be able to see his foot by the by where you're standing, so on and so forth. But I would assume this is something that the Steelers might want to address just because it's so out there right now. Dad, do you think that it's a big deal or do you think it's as simple as like, he's been doing this for 20 years? It, who cares? So this story was quote unquote broke by John Hoefling of Deadspin. And I think the nail in the coffin to this story is the fact that you pointed out that he's been doing this since 2004, and Hoefling makes that note in his own article. Well, it wasn't him. It was not him. There's a history behind this. Steelers Depot, Steelers Depot actually pointed it out last year, I believe after the Giants game. The news was broke, and this is why the story, I think, had so much legs, by a random kid on uh, TikTok. A kid on TikTok, I don't have his name, he, met, he made a TikTok video showing it. So that's really what happened. Maybe the Deadspin guy wrote about it as an article, but that is what's kind of funny about this story is he made a, a pretty good TikTok video detailing um, the foot going up and down. But the problem with the TikTok video is he doesn't show the context of the plays and it's close up on the foot. So it makes it seem like it's the most obvious thing in the world, whereas when you watch it in context, it is like, yeah, good luck look, finding that foot off the ground like in the context of a full play. This is kind of analogous to some of our some of our shows. We have like a couple of stories, and you think it's a treasure trove, and I, I think we don't have anything important to talk about. 
this kid wasted how much of his life going through how many tapes looking for this yeah. tell from one player who's going to be done after this year. Yeah, but it is interesting when you think about, and here's how these discussions branch off into this could be a four hour discussion tells like this is NFL stuff. You hear corners talk about it the most when they look at receivers play. Um, hey, if his foot is slightly inside, you know, it's going to be an in breaking route. If he fiddles with his gloves before the snap, you know, he's getting the ball. And if you've played football, you know, even like high school football or anything like that, it is a great way to pick up on what people are doing because so many people don't realize they're doing it. Maybe they look to the left or the right, the quarterback, depending, you know, depending on runner pass or whatever it is. And this is a way that the great teams pick up on tendencies from uh, other players. Nobody's better at it than the New England Patriots. This, and actually, th this story made me think like, okay, so Ben has had this tell forever. And when you're talking about receivers, AB has a very famous tell as well. When he would fiddle with his gloves or when he'd strap his gloves up, it meant he, got, he was getting the ball. And we left them unstrapped and didn't adjust them before the play. It meant he was not getting planned to get the ball. Ben also for years had the same hot route signal uh, to AB. He would grab the face mask. And what did they do together? They were literally unstoppable. They were never stopped before. So it does go to show you like you might know what they're doing, but can you really stop it? I mean, there's so many ways that AB can get deep on you. It's not just running straight. He could stack you. He could use the hands a little bit, you know, so there's a lot of ways within it. Like, hey, if you're one-on-one -on -one coverage and you know he's going deep, there's a couple of different ways you could do it. But it also does speak to me in terms of, like, Tomlin hasn't had a problem with this. You know, clearly they would have had to notice this behavior for a long time. The Steelers are renegades. Their strategy is always we have better athletes than you. We're going to rely on emotion. We're going to get up for really big games, and we're going to perform well on primetime. The way that they were shutting out and absolutely dominating the Bills in primetime at the very end of last year, uh, only for Ben to kind of fall apart in that game. But that was a game you're thinking, oh, crap, Allen's throwing for 400 yards a game. What are they going to do? He couldn't even get a ball past the line of scrimmage in the first half. Why? Well, it's the Steelers and Tomlin at nighttime. We're just going to come in there. We're going to kick your ass. But that's why they can never beat the Patriots because the Patriots are like, yeah, he keeps his foot up when they're going to throw it. So, And we know the three throws that they like to do in this down and distance. So we're going to be incredibly detailed. And that's why I think the Patriots specifically were a really bad matchup for the Steelers because the Steelers aren't super detail-oriented. They're all about crazy blitz packages on defense with renegade players like James Harrison and freelancers like Troy Palmolo. And on offense, they're about... Ben, and, his, and if he can get another superstar to skill position guy, kind of making stuff up as they go along and just being more talented than other people. So that's what this discussion leads to for me. Uh, do you think it matters that, or do you, do you think that they'll address that? Or I think certain tells probably matter because, you know, it's a game where these guys are all within a razor-thin margin of each other's talent. And if you can get a jump on somebody, so much the better. Here's my question. I'm on the dead spin site. I'm looking at these pictures and some of the tape. You know who can see the tell? Who? The people from the sideline who are on <laughs> yeah. the side of the Steelers. How can you even see his foot if you're <clears throat> if it if you're on the line or if you're wide out if you're a cornerback way back or the safety? How, who can even see his yeah. foot being up or down? The angle is just not many. You're you're, sh you're shrouded by the offensive line. So now, what's I, interesting is they could, maybe that. Your point about a guy on the sideline being there makes sense. Like, hey, just get a ball boy to say, run, 
Run, pass, or just call it out right before the, the play starts? Possibly, if it could be heard from the sideline. I would True. say that tells would be a great disinformation campaign. Yes. Like AB could have used once in a while, just exactly. like Zach Banner going out for a pass. We have some disinformation. At the end hey, of the man. day, yes. So I think at the end of the day, execution is all that is matters the most. Again, there might be some obvious tells where a cornerback can get a jump on a wide receiver, but a good wide receiver is go, going to get open or get the or pull the ball yeah. down in a in battle catch. So yeah. these these tells aren't like bad card players. These guys right. are just at the height of professional proficiency. And like I said, if if there is a consistent tell that's that obvious, I, I just don't think it exists to that extent. And like I was saying before, you might know that AB is getting the ball or you might know that he's going deep, but there's five, six different ways that he can go deep. You still don't know that. You might know that the Steelers are about to run a pass play, but there's a thousand different pass plays that they could run. So I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. Like you would prefer to, to not give them those tells, but I do think it's not a huge deal. And I actually believe that it's a huge opportunity, at least for the first game or two or three games, where you, I would assume if I were Buffalo, it's in Buffalo, right? So it should be, well, I guess that the crowd will be loud when the Steelers are on offense, but you could find a way to get the signal over to the your defensive players on Buffalo based on Ben's leg. Like, hey, is this going to be a pass run? First thing I do on the first play, Tommy ball, I keep my feet flat with Ben and we throw deep and we break the trend and we use that as a dummy count. So it is a, it's an interesting story for sure. I'm glad they covered it. It shows what's so fun about football where you can see the crazy microscopic letter, uh, level of nuanced detail that goes into playing the game. And it's also a funny story because it's sort of like another example of Ben and the Steelers just being like, eh, we'll figure it out. Do you think that there's a player who doesn't have some kind of tell? Remember, you know who's Brady. great? We, <laughs> I can't believe anybody doesn't have it, especially at that age. I mean, how, how often can you reinvent yourself? I know he changed his throw, but I'm talking about tells, ticks, those kind of things. Right. You know who was great, I think you agree, is Tony Romo. And I was always oh, yeah. fascinated by how he would point to somebody's toe position, which what was pointing, and he'd be able to accurately call the next play. So I think probably every player, if you want to look hard enough, there's some kind of tell. That's a I lot think, of tells uh, to keep track of. It is, but I, you know, I'll even say this. Like, I, I remember in high school when you're at that level, by no means some all-star player. I was no, you know, not some all-world player or anything like that, but I found it incredibly obvious to be able to tell what the other players are doing because they're nervous. Like, if it's a receiver and he's going to run an out route, you can just tell by his stance. He's trying to create more, um, you know, room for himself to run outside. And that to me, comes down to fundamentals. And that, again, I mean, we talk about A.B. so much here because A.B. is the closest thing we had to the Patriots until the end, where it's just perfection in every element of the game of football, really. And you have a dominant leg and a less dominant leg, and it's if you're on the right side of the formation, you might need to go with your right foot forward and the left side, left foot forward, or, or whatever, or the inverse. And it's you're going to favor one more than the other. So what it takes to get rid of those things is incredible amount of time and repetition spent on 
getting that left foot better or whatever it is and making everything look the same and it's mind numbing and you have to do it for like years but if you can get to the point where all the routes look the same and you're just as good at juking left as you are right then you become kind of an unbeatable guy like that and there's only a few dudes who have the OCD and I don't even know if it's discipline I think it's a condition <laughs> the only a few guys who would have the patience to be able to make that happen Look, I think we're going to be annoyed because I think we're going to see the Ben Cam. And I hope it doesn't last all season where they're just <laughs> focusing on that foot. Bring it hey, on. Speaking of bring it on, Papa Cam brought it on this week against Devin Bush. So Devin Bush, still a psycho on social media. I love what happened here. So Devin Bush tweeted something along the lines of, I'm a psycho. Or like, welcome to the mind of a psycho. Cam Hayward replies on that text, on that tweet, publicly, calm your ass down. It was not a joke. People are asking, are they like, was this serious? Was this tongue in cheek? Look, Cam makes it pretty obvious when he's joking. He is a big time leader. He's just like man's man. We always say this. He's such a dad of the team. He's cool. You would never want to fight him, but he's also like a responsible guy. He is like one of those cherished uh, kind of straight-edged leader guys, but he's not a cornball because he's a badass, right? Not like a Russell Wilson where it's like Russell Wilson seems like a Stepford wife, uh, Stepford wife or something like that. That's not what Cam is. He's got kind of the best of both worlds. He makes it obvious when he's joking, and he was not joking there, and I loved it. I, I thought that that was cool. He called him out in public because Cam Hayward can handle it. You know, you don't worry about him biting off more than you could chew. And this isn't a quarterback to a delicate receiver. You know, those whole relationships are, are tricky. This is stud D lineman talking to a stud, hopefully, middle linebacker so they can get away with it. So I like the fact that you got to realize you got Cam, who's a vocal leader. You got TJ. You got Tuit. There are uh, you Vince Williams. Joe Hayden, you have major veteran leadership. Obviously, like Minka's a quiet guy, but he's so cool that I feel like if you're standing in front of Minka, you're like, well, I don't want to let this guy down. He's so cool. But um, yeah, I liked that Cam Hayward said that to Devin. And Devin eventually tweeted, I think it's like a quote or like a version of a quote from the movie Friday or something like that, um, or Boys in the Hood or something, where it's like, oh, I'm going to butcher the quote, Dad. I don't have it. But it essentially means like, when Cam's on here, I shut, I calm my ass down. But when he gets off, I go right back to talking. And even that, I was like, all right, respect. Hey, you renegade middle linebacker. He's going to keep talking, but he knows to fall in line when the captain speaks. What I find ridiculous is that Devin Bush is a self-proclaimed psycho. When you're proclaiming yourself a psycho, you're trying too hard. The first step he's is just a, it's just a bunch he's of, already ready. It's just a, yeah. Well, here's what, you know, related to Cam, I, uh, this morning before we were getting ready for the podcast, I would recommend looking at a video called The Standard, the ramp up to Cam on the Steelers website, one of the videos, oh, and they highlight, they highlight Cam, and they show him during training camp, talking it up, and, you know, you can see why people love him. I mean, he's, he's a force of nature, but he's really a teacher, and he's another coach on the field. Really appreciate that. They also mic up. Mike Tomlin, that's interesting. And as you and I were talking that's about, the best. you can see why he's a, yeah, he's a player's coach. And then we get to see Derek Watt and his wife at home with their little children in his last season Which is as a Steeler. Which brutally boring. 
He's cute. He's cute. I, and here's the thing. I like Derek. I actually think, yeah. I mean, you can only go up from last season, but damn, come on, man. The Watts are the most boring family ever. JJ's got more interesting as he's become more famous and more, you know, down to earth. We like TJ boring the way he is. We don't need too many psychos, but man, there's, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Devin Bush and he's putting a little bit more on himself this year. I want to say that I'm, ridiculously excited for him because you know you have the potential to have like an all pro type of player i know that's a big leap but he was drafted to be that kind of guy and he's shown many flashes and you can even make the argument he hasn't really struggled as he's played well his entire time in pittsburgh um just obviously you're gonna constantly be compared to shazier but shazier had more of a there were the the highlight plays were way higher and the low light plays were were big misses, you know, in the backfield or whatever it was. But Devin's been on track, but I guess my feeling around Devin is more just nervousness. Like, he's so small. He's coming off that injury. How quickly is he going to – luckily, he had enough time to recover for it where hopefully he's full strength. But, like, how good is he going to be early? And, oh, my goodness, if he can achieve his potential, what can this defense be? Because, look, they lost so much talent. I, I don't care what you say. That is going to be insanely hard to re, to replace multiple Pro Bowl caliber players like you lost. But when you add a superstar third year kind of guy like that, it's like, oh, well, that's pretty exciting. So, and I like. I was so sad when he took off the 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 giant rat tail braid. I thought that thing was amazing. But now he's got the afro going, and I love it. it I mean, it's awesome. So he's got the look. He's being a psycho. I am so excited to see him play. Is there anyone you're more excited to see play besides Devin Bush, Dad? Najee Harris. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a dumb question. Yeah, same. Well, it's kind of a setup because <laughs> what has me nervous about Devin Bush is that we pretty much assume these guys come back from a knee injury within a year without, right. without a second thought. Right. It's a second thought still, but let's assume he comes back. Mike Tomlin is giving him no glide path. He is going to sharpen steel on steel. That is a beautiful transition to Najee Harris versus Devin Bush. So Mike Tomlin, again, it just, I wish people could appreciate what they have here with Mike Tomlin. Like this is football. It's hard to win the Super Bowl. We get the enjoyment of getting watching, getting to watch that guy who's just such an awesome personality and awesome coach. Imagine if you had Mike Zimmer. It would. It's not that fun. He's pretty good. Belichick at least has a level of fun because he's so unfun that it's it's amusing and you win every game you play. I am never going to excuse – like, I'm not excusing Tomlin for the failures that he's had. I will point out his failures recently. I mean, took him 10 years to build a competent defense as an alleged defensive head coach. Um, but, again, has gotten the most out of the team over and over again. The second most winning team of the past decade besides the freaking Patriots, right? So, but I'm taking that out of the equation. I'm just taking this into football as entertainment. It, it, it goes a little farther than that, for sure. You and I have talked about that on the pod. There is like a semi-spiritual level to it. There's obviously a, a family thing. Football to me is a microcosm for life, and I use it for a lot of personal motivation, just applying football situations to real life. But at the end of the day, it's entertainment, and we get this entertaining coach. So what's the video on Steelers.com called again, Dad? Standard is the standard? Yeah, but have... there's a... yeah so it's, camp, it's a camp preview. 
So there's a bunch the, of them. The Tomlin quotes are amazing. Whenever he's mic'd up, you just see how impossibly lovable he is. Like he is just such a cool guy. He's so down to earth. He's funny. He's smiling. He's joking, but he can also cuss you out and be hardcore. Like he, what a rare leader to have that ability. I can be one of the guys, but I can also be harsh and you know, I am in charge. And what I love about Tomlin is all the players say the best thing about him is that he's really upfront. So I have a feeling there's a lot of conversations behind closed doors as evidenced by a lot of players who actually were cut by the Steelers and who have expressed appreciation towards Tomlin. There's conversations behind closed doors, I think, where he'll tell them, like, hey, you're in trouble. Like, this guy's going to take your starting job. You need to have a big game this week or you might get cut. I think he tells it like that based on the interviews other players have had. Um, But the other thing is you get to talk to players like that for a couple reasons. One, if you're Belichick because your winning is so over the top that you can do whatever you want to do. Other teams don't get that luxury. Like Tom Coughlin, extreme winner. His first era in Jacksonville with Brunel and Fred Taylor and all those guys was phenomenal. Then, let alone when he went and won the Super Bowls with the Giants, came back to Jacksonville, made them a Super Bowl contender. And this week, Jalen Ramsey had a quote about, we didn't like Tom, Tom Coughlin's ass. We ignored him. Like, oh, well, look how that worked out for you, buddy. He only put together that team with you, an amazing player, on there. And maybe if you, if you listened to, to, to Coughlin more, you would have had the extra discipline you needed to win that Super Bowl. Or maybe if you had a competent quarterback. So maybe I can't excuse him. But I'm walking that back. So Tom Coughlin, despite his winning, he doesn't get ultimate respect all the time. Because winning only takes you so far. If you're Belichick, you're a billion Super Bowls deep. The other thing that gives you credibility is what Tomlin does. Yeah, he's, he's won a lot. But it's also he builds his players up in a really a genuine way. Like you see footage of him watching Najee Harris make that unbelievable backhanded, one-handed catch in the end zone and just a one-on-one drill. And he's laughing and hyping him up. And he's talking to Vince Williams. Uh, I could see them being really close friends, by the way. Like I hope Vinny coaches on the Steelers when he's done. But he's talking to Vince saying, that's pedigree, man. That's pedigree. He's acknowledging to a six-round draft pick, Vince Williams, that like, yeah, there's a difference with first-round guys, right? So he's real about that. And then he, some coaches are like, I never want to hype my guys up too much because they'll get cocky. No, Tomlin hypes them up a lot, and then he cuts them down when they deserve to. So after that, when he's talking about the pedigree of Najee Harris, he says, I love pedigree. And speaking of pedigree, he's going to pit Devin Bush against Najee Harris on each other constantly in training camp. And this is the formula for mega success. Listen to all the old players talk about this. I think uh, Chris Long talks about this on his podcast, former phenomenal defensive end for the St. Louis Rams and then won a couple Super Bowls with the Eagles and the Patriots at the end of his career. But Orlando Pace, arguably the best tackle of all time, was in St. Louis when Chris Long got there, and he had to go against him in practice every damn day. And that's what made him so much better, right? So I love the sharpening iron on iron thing. I think that Najee and Devin should have to go each other, against each other in every drill. Once again, relating it back to – I'm just relating this back to a high school football career because <laughs> you, can, you can see that this works on every level. Uh, me and my buddy, McLovin, they called him, were forced to go against each other in every single drill of training camp going into senior year where – 
like if you were in the back of the line or if he was taking a water break, the coaches would pull him away from the water break to make sure that we could hit each other head on, helmet to helmet. This was pre-CTE stuff. As many times as we possibly could where they were, they're going to try to make us almost hate each other. But really it is like you, you just want to be going against the best guy on every single damn rep. And it makes you a lot closer. It makes you a lot better. And I love it when they do it to two young guys. So that basically right there is the iron on iron. Rosie Nix and oh, – Rosie Nix on my brain. Devin Bush and Najee Harris could really do a lot for each other's career in just the next few weeks here with this iron on iron thing. Well, you open the door. We have a couple of – not moment of silences, but – we have a, a time to reflect on two Stiller alumni who have announced their retirement, the first being Rosie Nix. You know what I love about Rosie? Everything. You got it. Why did they of, keep him? I don't know. What did just come in so in? We, this is, this is one of those questions I'm going to ask God when I die. Why didn't we keep Rosie? How, could, how much could he have been? He's such a great guy, and he made a post on Instagram, you know, really obviously was at an affinity for Pittsburgh. So it's always good to see these guys, you know, thankful for their time while they were here. It also is a testament to what we were talking about earlier, that the culture is something former former Steelers look back on generally with satisfaction. Um, I still can't figure out the Steven Nelson story. I'd love to know what went into right. that elixir. because yeah, those do are rare. It. I do assume the Steelers are straight up with players. But anyway, Rosie Nix converted uh, – what's he? I, I'm sure he did everything before defensive the NFL. Defensive line but he's or something con- like yeah, that. Yeah, defensive line. Yeah, here's the thing. The, Rosie Nix's story is an example of how much your football legacy has to do with luck and when you came along because – he was there for the flash in the pan and the dominant Le'Veon Bell years. He was Le'Veon Bell's running mate. He made the Pro Bowl completely deservingly. I mean, we raved about Rosie Nix on a weekly basis on the podcast because, in my opinion, he was one of the top five fullbacks in the league. I mean, if you just watch every rep, he is blowing somebody up constantly. He was a very good full, uh, fullback. Had that touchdown catch against the Ravens even in the end zone in that critical game. And... What I mean by situational legacy here is that this would have been Dan Kreider if Mike Tomlin could have put a defense together in that era because they should have won the Super Bowl. I don't. I will never get over the 2017 playoff loss to the Jaguars, which is both my both my favorite and least favorite Steelers game ever. I thought it was heroic the way the offense fought there. But Rosie Nix would be Dan Kreider. And, Dad, I think we can agree. I mean, obviously, Ben's my favorite player of all time. But if there is a patron saint of the Steelers Outpost podcast, a mutually beloved player by you and I, it's Dan Kreider. That's our guy. That's number one, the unsung hero of the early Ben Super Bowl teams. And he was the same way, just absolute automatic. If you saw Willie Parker, Drum Bettis get the ball, Dan Kreider was concussing somebody in the hole. He was remarkably effective, and we were just blown away by it. It's like these guys, they never get credit, but the difference between the fullback and the offensive line is it's so easy to see the fullback making the blocks because he's you know, in the camera. He's a singular guy. He's going right in front of the running back, and we were just blown away by the consistency of Dan Kreider, and then we saw it again with Rosie Nix, and I just wish he could have got that Super Bowl. Um, we will always remember Rosie Nix, but he could, um, you know, 
he could have been in that, that Steelers Hall of Lore if they had just gotten the damn Lombardi. Again, Kent State alumnus, a little extra special for yep. me. And I believe that Rosie has the highest touchdown per touch record, rushing record in the Steelers history go. at 25%. Of his four rushes, he did score one touchdown. Uh, Rosie, really good player and an unbelievable special teams player as well. Was so bummed when they let him go. Thought that was the wrong decision. Clearly, it was the wrong decision based on what happened with Derek Watt the next year. I mean, yeah, Derek had a lot of injuries, so you know you can't totally judge him harshly like that. But uh, love Rosie Nix. I think we got to make sure we mention him once a year or something like that, just so he doesn't fall into. Can you say the word anonymity for me? I, I can never say it right. Anonymity. Anonymity. And Thank you. Two ends. So a guy who came in the same year as Rosie Nix also hung it up, and that is Anthony Ciccolo. Six season with the uh, well, five se- five seasons with the Steelers. Last season with Denver. Another and, converted defensive lineman. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, he was a he was a highly recruited edge. Yeah, out of high school. Then Miami, they were in their train wreck years, and they converted him to defensive line. They basically strapped him down to a chair, clockwork orange style, and took a couple syringes filled with liquid cheeseburger and just pumped that into his veins, made him gain a bunch of weight. And uh, he lost some of the weight coming to play for the Steelers as an edge rusher, was unbelievable every preseason, was utterly useless on defense during the regular season, but was reliable to not just completely crap the bed when you put him in. But another special team star. And so the Steelers, you know, it just shows you how crucial these guys, if you can have two roles, I mean, Rosie is a starting offensive player and being a special team star is a big deal, but Chicolo as your first backup edge, not ideal. If he were your second backup edge, you'd feel incredible. Like, wow, we have this great special team stud and he's also our fourth edge who's going to get you know a couple snaps every game where we feel totally comfortable with him being in there. Uh, he's a beast. So I think... The Steelers do not have a lot of those guys on the roster currently right now. I mean, hopefully Marcus Allen takes the next step to being that super beast. But I'm wondering if there's going to be an undrafted guy this offseason or who are those next guys going to be? The Darius Hayward Bays, Rosie Nix, Anthony Ciccolo. We can play a couple snaps on one side of the ball, but we're going to play every special team snap and be an absolute demon. So appreciation for Ciccolo as well. Just a little fun fact that I think I mentioned in a previous episode that both Anthony's father and grandfather played in the NFL. His father played three season for uh, in New York for the Giant, or I'm sorry for San Diego, and then the Jets. And his grandfather had one year linebacker and guard in 1953. So that paid off. Spotify, Green Room, a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and so easy to use. Listen, this app allows you to talk to athletes and insiders and even fans. See what I did there? I left them last like they were the most important. Why? Because there's no sports without fans. You can talk to all these people in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, reacting to breaking news, debates, and post-game breakdowns. And it's just great to immerse yourself in sports in general. And this is an amazing way to do it. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Nope. My favorite website is, especially, actually, 
Ebon's world. Do you know what my favorite website is? Okay. Uh... Pro Football Reference. And they've done it again. You know that the sack record goes back to 1982. Before that, nobody had, this wasn't an official stat, but Pro Football Reference went back even further. And that has reshuffled the sack leader deck. For everybody, but especially, more importantly, for the Steelers, because we finally got some unofficial, official steel curtain sack numbers. And there's uh, maybe a surprising, not surprising, but uh, there's an honorable uh, member at number one, and it's not Joe Green. So the official sack leader, you know who that is? L.C. Greenwood. James. Single oh, you mean season all time. sack leader. Oh, you mean all time. I thought single that season. All... Does Harrison still have the single season, or did TJ get that? Yeah. What did Harrison have? Uh, he has 16. Oh, TJ's coming for that this year. Let's go. Yeah, so TJ has two of the last, of the top five with his two fifteen sack seasons. But this talk in the in the pantheon of great names, the Steelers all time sack one season sack leader with seventeen and a half is Eugene Big Daddy Lisco. Wow, what a great pull. That's phenomenal. What year was that? Do you have it? Sixty one. 1961. 1968. 1961. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Not a lot to cheer about in that era. Poor Liscom. Yeah. That's cool that they got these sack leaders up there. I think a lot of people are making the point that this could help LC Greenwood's Hall of Fame candidacy. I think it's widely agreed that LC Greenwood should be a Hall of Fame player. But the reason why he's not is because of Hall of Fame voter exhaustion uh, on in terms of putting Steel Curtain members in the Hall of Fame. Look. I know it seems like, how could one team have this many Hall of Fame players? Well, it's pretty easy, pre-salary cap. I mean, if there was no, if there was no um, uh, salary cap now, the Steelers could possibly have you know, six guys uh, in the Hall of Fame running at the, at the same time. If you look back when maybe when like Troy was still on the team, you'd have Troy and Ben and A.B. and, and uh, you know, other guys like that. If DeCastro had stayed healthy, who knows? But um, maybe I'm reaching there. Shazier. Um, so yeah, it can it can happen. So the top five just out of interest: Big Daddy Liscombe with seventeen and a half, James Harrison with sixteen, TJ with fifteen, tied with Mike Merriweather, nineteen eighty four record with fifteen, and TJ has uh, slot number five with fourteen and a half. Now I know TJ is just screaming up the leaderboard, right? I mean, Lamar Woodley had an amazing track until he just totally fell off the planet, but it looks like uh, TJ Watt's pace. If he can keep it up, everybody cross your fingers. Hope he stays healthy. Hope the team stays good. TJ is on pace to be the guy, but obviously there's a long way to go before you can get there. Another ex-stealer in the news, and not in a good way. Martavis Bryant suspended yet again. Why did he get suspended? We mentioned this the other week, though, right? Because he didn't go to training camp or something like that? Right. Correct. He's he's in the uh, CFL, and he didn't show up for camp. And the coach said the ball is in his court. He needs to get his passport squared away. Oh, geez. Okay, so that's the update. We did mention this on a prior show, but but you did just add that element of him needing to get a passport, which seems Martavis He's, Bryant isn't getting a passport. <laughs> that would no, require I signed, it, that's, he, so he signed in January. Depressing. It's not as if he found out Thursday. It's depressing. And with uh, Le'Veon Bell's story coming about, like with his 
sixth baby mama ripping him last week. Yes, I think uh, it. Yeah, it's official. Bell really is off the reservation, and it's crazy that we still talk about him. It's crazy that he's still getting in trouble. I don't think that he's a malicious, bad human being, but I think that this is kind of the final nail in the coffin with this offseason having him trying to rip Andy Reid, being the first and only player or coach who's ever had anything bad to say about Andy Reid. Again, like I get it. If you go there, you, you feel annoyed that you were promised a role. You didn't get it, but you don't rip the coach in that range, especially when your production on the field for the past three years has been non-existent. Like, dude, you don't have a leg to stand on. This isn't 2017. That type of action is lame. Six baby mamas is a lot, okay? And What does AB have? 45, but he does a good job oh, yeah. keeping, a, <laughs> keeping a lid on it. He's like the <laughs> Alan Page of baby mama producers. He's like uh, Cromartie. Um, no, I have no idea, but just – yeah, she ripped him and says that he's never around and stuff like that. Okay, we don't know that. That's not a fact, but it is. You know, it's coming from her, so obviously it's biased, but that's not a good sign. All right, that, that does look like uh, that, that could be a legit thing because once you get to six and you're not even 30, like, okay, we're, we're, we're kind of playing a little fast and loose here. It is just so sad to see the decline of the killer bees um, besides Boswell and Ben, and even Boswell – you know, he gave us a scare there with that one year of just utter crap on the field. But, uh, yeah, it's such a bummer, man. That, that that era will always haunt me. And so sad to see how they all ended up. Like, they'll all be okay. They have a little money here or there. I don't know about Martavis, honestly. That that I don't think he has enough money to just coast for the rest of his life. But such a bummer to see, uh, you know, what happened with those guys. I think we'd be surprised at how fast guys can go through real money. Yeah. Basically, every number you see, divide yeah. in half. Yeah, and Speaking then if you bought of, a big house, like right away, you got that big mortgage. It's like, well, guess what? You can go through that stuff. Damn. Speak, speaking of guys falling off a ledge, did you see the video of Richard Sherman? I didn't see the video, but this was shocking. So Sherman, I guess he, he goes berserk. I don't know if he was inebriated. He said that he's been going through some mental uh, health issues recently, knocking on the door of a family member, trying to get in there, just being a total psycho. This is so out of character for such a like well-spoken thought out intelligent guy look i i'm not like a huge richard sherman fan or anything sometimes i think he gets a little overly praised for being cerebral when sometimes it's like well he's kind of more of a ranter he's he's very smart and he is well-spoken so i definitely think he's a smart guy sometimes i think he gets a little extra credit when he's you know but but overall i'm a fan of the guy and he's a critical member of the NFL community of the past 10 years, especially as a speaker. A great player who's also spoken out about some serious issues and spoken about them with um, real depth. And the guy's a really smart, well-put-together dude, has never had an incident like this. What the hell is going on? This incident is a little like sweet and sour sauce. Watch the video. The video is very disturbing. I can watch almost everything. No. This guy is just ramming up against the front door, like it's incensed. And you hear somebody screaming from inside. The sweet part about it is read the comments. It it is so funny about how they represent that him not be able to knock down this door. I mean, it's actually it's <laughs> kind of funny what they're able to what they say about him. But the video itself shows a guy in completely lost control. Damn. Well. He's, I think he grew up in Compton, so he did not have an easy childhood. And I'm like, it, 
went to Stanford, you know, out of there, and then to go be the leader of the, the Seahawks team. He is an exceptional human being. My only emotion for this was, was shock followed by like, oh, I really hope he gets on this, and I'm sure he can. he's the kind of guy who can. And I'm just bummed for him. I hope that he didn't hurt anybody. I'm not going to give him a total excuse. Clearly, I'm not super familiar with what happened. If, if he was, you know, in danger of hurting somebody emotionally or physically or whatever it is, can't give him an excuse for that. But I do hope that uh, he figures this out, gets better, and that, you know, the situation resolves itself. But it's just shocking, and I guess the perfect negative note to end our uh, restless hand syndrome time of the year for the, uh, the NFL when people are getting in trouble. You just need to get these guys into training camp fast. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.